Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Today, we continue in our Lent series. Lose Yourself as a program is a call to discipleship, and we invite you to join us on this journey to the cross as we go week by week in anticipation for Resurrection Sunday. Last week, we focused on the Isaiah passages appropriate for the season. This Old Testament book offered prophetic perspectives, and it's one of my favorite books. Isaiah mirrors the Bible's layout with 66 chapters, much like the 66 Bible books. And it also has a similar design with first themes of judgment leading to themes of hope and comfort. If you missed this episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to that on my website. Today, we begin our reading plan in the New Testament. Today's message is Journey to the Resurrection, a Lent devotion using the book of Matthew. As we begin this sacred season, we invite you to embark on a transformative journey of reflection repentance, and renewal through the words and teachings of Christ himself. With this rich narrative and profound spiritual insights, the book of Matthew guides us as we walk alongside Jesus on his path to Calvary and ultimately to the resurrection. Lent is a time for us to draw closer to God, examine our hearts, and align our lives with the mission and message of Jesus. Through the stories, parables, miracles, and teachings in Matthew's book, we will deep dive into the life and ministry of our Savior, uncovering hidden truths and encountering His profound love and grace. This devotion will take us through significant events from Jesus' temptation in the wilderness to His triumphal entry in Jerusalem, to the Last Supper, to the crucifixion, and then finally the resurrection. And we'll reflect on these passages today seeking personal application and spiritual transformation. Our hope and prayer is that the Holy Spirit will work in our hearts as we journey together, enlightening our minds and guiding us into a deeper understanding of God's redemptive plan. For those who missed the last couple of weeks, Lent is not something that is required of us. It is not something to be legalistic. It is not something that we do to earn our salvation It is simply an opportunity within the year to naturally anticipate Resurrection Sunday, to think about the grace that we've received in Christ and how we can grow closer to God this season, and in so doing, as God transforms our life in our journey to the cross, we can in turn help others experience that same transformation. As we dig in today in this devotion and delve into the book of Matthew, seeking to find new meaning and insight into the life, death, and resurrection of our Savior. Today, we're going to start off in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and we're going to reflect on Christ's temptation in the wilderness. We're going to explore the significance of his victory over temptation and how it prepares him for his ministry. Perhaps we should consider areas of our life where we struggle with temptation and seek God's strength to overcome them. Picking up in verse 1 of chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. 
the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. If you notice in the first few verses, it mentions that Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And again, that is some of the origins of Lent, where the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Resurrection Sunday, not counting Sundays, is usually the time frame. And this, along with some of the experiences of Moses and Elijah and Joshua, uh, are also part of the reason why this season exists. But you can imagine Christ being tempted and being challenged in this way, and he serves for a model for us, because much like Adam was tempted in the garden and made all the wrong decisions, he refutes Satan at every turn, does not give in, and shows us his holiness. Christ was all God, but also all man. He had those frailties, but yet his holiness shined through. This example is something that we should take to heart this Lenten season. The next passage I would like is from the Sermon on the Mount, in the very next chapter in verse 5, starting in verse 1. These Beatitudes are so instructive to us in our character and ways for our character to reflect the character of Christ. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We may be misunderstood this season, but my friends, that was expected. We're not to be treated any better than Christ. You can see the grace and love and holiness in his demeanor, and that is what we should emulate this Lent season as we anticipate the cross. Next, I'd like to mention that Matthew chapter 9 has many instances of Christ's healing, and Matthew chapter 13 has parables that will lift our spirits and challenge us. Both of these are integral parts of being able to see Christ's compassion and his character and his teaching as we continue in the season. 
But my next passage that we'll read here today due to time is Matthew 16, 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you say that the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Judah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Simon Peter, of all people, very flawed individual, always struggling in his consistency, makes that realization and sees Christ for who he is. Our culture sees Christ as a bumper sticker slogan, a philosopher, a leader, a martyr. Those do not encapsulate who Christ is. What Peter just said, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, is who Jesus is. In this next passage, we're going to meditate on Christ's entry into Jerusalem, his reception by the crowds, and his cleansing of the temple. This account is found in Matthew 21, 1-17, but we're going to pick up after he's gotten the donkey and he's arrived in Jerusalem. In verse 9, the crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. And so you have the triumphal entry and the cleansing of the temple were both fulfillment of prophecy and sets up Passion Week. From here, it moves really fast. Matthew 26, 20 through 30 is the Last Supper, where Christ is with his disciples for the last time, where he is eventually betrayed in Matthew 27, 11 through 14, where he stands trial before Pilate, sentenced to death in Matthew 27, 26 led to Calvary in Matthew 27, 32 through 34, insulted and mocked in Matthew 27, 39 through 40, is crucified, cries out to the Father in Matthew 27, 46, and the earthquake and the temple veil is torn in Matthew 27, 51 through 52. While it is always important for us to reflect on the sacrifice of Christ, God incarnate, living a sinless life, and bearing crucifixion on our behalf, we need to remember that the story mainly comes to fruition in Matthew chapter 28. Picking up in verse 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. Good news indeed. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, 
clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid and go and tell my brothers and go to Galilee. There you will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, he will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did what they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Finally, as the book of Matthew comes to a close with the Great Commission that says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that is a great message to end on. He is with us to the very end of the age, that our faith is not something that we do ourselves. We are empowered by our Holy Spirit. We have Christ in our life. And we can look forward to an uncertain future with hope this Lent season as we move towards Resurrection Sunday. So, friend, I leave you with that. How are you preparing yourself for this season? Is this something that you can share with a friend? As God transforms your life, are you there to help transform those around you? I've got a quote from Billy Graham that says, God is love means that he tries constantly to block your route to destruction. This season, without God's grace, we are bound for destruction. But the good news is the gospel means those who put their faith in Christ are redeemed, forgiven. And that, my friend, is the hope that we have this season. Join me next week as we venture through the Lenten season in the book of Mark. I thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you in our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.